Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to the Learn Opportunity Podcast. We're here to help you get unstuck and start creating your future. I had a client for my career consulting business that felt stuck. He was feeling like he didn't have much opportunity to start creating his future. What he said to me was that he fell into the job that he was in. And I challenged that thought and I said, you didn't fall into where you are. You did repeatable actions that you can apply to a new goal that will help you create your future and create opportunities. You didn't just end up where you are. You did things that helped you to get where you are right now. And so that is what this podcast is about. Join us as we listen to subject matter experts share how they have created opportunities in their own personal and professional lives, how they've gotten unstuck and started creating their own future. These podcast episodes focus on giving you resources and tools so that you can apply best practices, repeatable actions to your own life goals so that you can start learning how to create opportunity in your personal and professional life. So join us. We're ready. Let's get started and start applying opportunity, creating best practices to our lives. Thanks for listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. Today's guest on the Learned Opportunity Podcast is my good friend, Jeremy Leffler. Now, Jeremy, he is the family ministries and young adult pastor at a church called Mercy Road here in Indiana. They have locations in Carmel, over towards West Carmel, Zionsville, Fortville, and Geist Reservoir, Anderson, and downtown Indianapolis. And Jeremy works with the young adults and then also oversees some family ministry things, including youth and kids. So we just thought that he would be a great person to talk a little bit about gaining opportunities, especially as he works with young adults. Something that both Jeremy and I have seen a lot lately is that young adults, including myself, just get discontent with where they're currently at. Well, I remember when I was growing up in youth group and was a teenager and also while I was in college, people would always tell me about my leadership potential that Daniel, you're just going to, to do something someday. You're, you're a leader. And something that came from that was I started expecting to see that leadership potential immediately after I graduated from college. And I wanted to have those opportunities right away. Um, but that is something that I need to continue to grow into. They weren't talking about 23 year old Daniel when they were talking about him as a leader. They were talking about 50-year-old Daniel someday who I am becoming. And there are repeatable actions that I needed to take and continue to need to take in order to become that leader that I am being called into someday. So what Jeremy talks to us a little bit about is that he's thankful more for the experience that he had when he was 23 and those repeatable actions that he took to gain opportunity and more so than the knowledge that he had after graduating from college. People don't give him opportunities as much because of his master's degree or because of all of the knowledge that he has. He's really gaining a lot of opportunities based off of the experiences that he curated in his life as a youth pastor at a church of 2,000 
to the point where he is at right now at Mercy Road, which is a much larger church than where he started at 23. So I'm really excited to have Jeremy on the show. Make sure to subscribe to the Learn Opportunity podcast and also give Jeremy a look. His information will be at the end of this episode. But yeah, let's uh, get talking to my good friend, Jeremy Leffler. I usually open up introducing guests with some of their more professional things. And then I say, what's important for people to know? I know just about everything that's more important to know about today's guests, because I just wanted to have my friend Jeremy Leffler here on the show with me today. So Jeremy, introduce yourself, because hey. um, there's just too much I could say. And I'm a regular listener of this podcast, so I'm biased. This is one of the best podcasts out there. So oh, thanks sure. for okay. joining Whatever, Daniel. And that, <laughs> but also, he would say that about any podcast that he's been on with me. So anyways, oh, sure. I am I am Jeremy. I was your youth pastor for a total of like five weeks before you decided to leave for college. I've known you for a long time and we're like no neighbors now. So my dog does not poop in your backyard because I don't Good. want that to happen. I don't want to be in trouble. But you know, but the, geese we are, sure do. the geese do. Seriously, I'm staring at it happening right now. But anyways, yeah, I'm a pastor at Mercy Road. I'm pastor of family ministries and young adults and very passionate about leadership and leadership development and and specifically as it pertains to opportunity i am super passionate about helping other staff members experience opportunities that they never saw in themselves mm. so helping them realize that experience is their own i would say realize it so i mean this yeah. whole subject of learned opportunity is something that you and i just talk about and if you're listening, you're like, who in the world talks to their friends about this sort of stuff? This is a little... We do. <laughs> Literally, we get coffee for this on a weekly basis to talk about this. And I have a podcast that kind of, not to you know, toot my own horn here, because I'm not as active on it as you are, and I need to learn from you. But, um, and I have a podcast where the whole idea is to leverage what matters most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, we're trying to leverage opportunities, so... Yeah, and it's also a leadership podcast and stuff. And what's that called? Leadership Pour Over. There you go. Leadership Pour Over. Is it still called that? Or? It sure is. Okay. All, yeah. right. All right. Not the Aaron and Jeremy, Jeremy show. show. I abandoned it after one episode. I was like, <laughs> I don't like it. We are not, we're not as cool as your shirt, the Jimmy Fallon show. So like, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. knows who Jeremy and Aaron are. So we're just going to go with the leadership pour over. Well, uh, I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time, but I think one of the reasons that we do talk about this is that it's something that we see in a lot of the people that you serve uh, mm -hmm. in ministry, especially now uh, with young adults. Yep. We've talked uh, quite often about how there just seems to never be a 23-year-old that's entirely content with where they are career-wise. If, if they uh, are, we need to put them in a box as a case study and figure out what special th gift they got from God because I've never met one. Yeah. So, so if you are included. a 23 year old and you feel like, you know, you've got this whole life thing figured out, job, career, all that other sort of stuff, please send me a message. Let us know. I would yeah. love to talk probably to you. Probably don't tell me because I'm going to put you in a box, but you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. We won't want to keep you in a box. No, I'm just kidding. But you'd probably be really content there. So, but <laughs> Yes, you would. But it's really just something that we notice a lot. And that's, I mean, not opportunity just based off of just career, but sometimes it's a relationships or other things. There's usually something that a 23-year-old, and myself included when I was 23, and even still sometimes today, yeah. where it's just like, you know, I want to find something that is next. I am feeling kind of frustrated, feeling stuck right now mm. in my current circumstances. And I'm not quite sure 
where to go next or like what the next opportunity is. Right. Or how do I actually gain an opportunity? Is that just luck or other Mm -hmm. sort of things like that? So what kind of things have you seen with young adults or... Uh, yeah, around that. So I'll obviously use my own story a lot throughout this, but and I, just for listeners to know, I'm an identical twin, and I have the wonderful privilege of living in a space where you have constant a comparison because we look the same, we sound the same, our personalities are actually very similar, which is unique for identical twins. And so I've lived within the world of comparison, and I think that young people are discontent often with the opportunities they're living with. Like I've said often now at 34 versus 23 going, boy, I wish I'd been grateful for the opportunities I was living in. Although mm-hmm. I'm very much in a different place than I was at 23. But being a person who got the opportunity to see a lot of comparison, one of the things that I see in myself, but I also now hear often from a 23 to 25 year old is that it's not, college didn't prepare them for what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't actually know what they're going to be doing. No. When they came out, like, you know, so I'm, I'm talking to somebody who might listen to this podcast, actually, who is in college right now and they're studying to be a speech pathologist or actually just graduated. And they just got their first job a month ago. And they're like, wow, I literally talked with them yesterday. They're stressed out. It's not what they thought it was going to do. And because they learned how to help somebody with speech, but they didn't know how to navigate somebody who's 80 years old who can't actually talk with them. And so, like, I think one of the things that discontents us is that education makes us knowledgeable, but it doesn't make us experienced. Mm-hmm. And when you're at 23, nothing can make you experienced. Yeah. But you can be knowledgeable. Well, but we come out in a world where you're actually doing yeah. the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, I, if I look back at my 23-year-old self, I, what I should have been grateful for was that this was an opportunity to learn, but the learning wasn't knowledge. The learning was experiential. And there was something for me to actually be appreciative of mm-hmm. at 23, being in a space where I actually was granted probably a little bit of additional grace because I didn't do anything as well as I do now. And it was a space to be experiential. And I think that can be applied to this about any career space. What we expect of a 23 year old, this is not the meaning in any way. What we expect of a 23 year old when I expect myself as a 34 year old are very different, but because I have 11 years worth of experience. So knowledgeable. Yeah, maybe because I have, I have master's degrees now, but in my career world as a pastor, I didn't need to have a master's degree, but I have so much experience. And that experience is not, oh, I'm smarter and wiser than you. It's just, I have experience that I now go, I won't do that again. I should have done that differently then, but that's just experience. But I think Mm -hmm. that when you're 23 years old, and this was my experience anyways, I wanted to have the accolades and the recognition and the self-confidence that a 34 year old had when I was 23. But what I didn't know that the thir- what, I, what I didn't know was that there were things a thirty-four-year-old had that I couldn't have, and so talking about the discontent, like, what? like experience. Oh yeah, I mean, it, literally, experience is a huge element to. I mean, there's a, a ability time to constraint do there. Yeah, it literally, it's time constraint. It's nothing. Like, for example, you can be a really highly talented. I'll use my my hobby. I love sports. You can be an incredibly talented person. But experience goes a long way. And sometimes, like, the, the Golden State Warriors just won the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. And they were playing against a Celtics team that actually probably now is more talented. Yeah. They're more gifted. But everybody kept saying, yeah, but, you know, after they go up to 2-1 and the Warriors, are they sunk? And all the experts kept going, no, the Warriors have some special golden nugget called experience. The mm. amount of 
NBA final games that were represented on the, the Warriors compared to the Celtics, which I actually think was literally zero to hundred probably because they've been in so many finals, yeah, right? Or, or 20, 30 <laughs> of them, right? And won them all. So experience does play a part. We know that from a sports lens, but it does actually in a professional lens. And if there was something that I would tell my 23-year-old self was enjoy the right of gaining experience. Mm. Because once I gain the experience, I don't get that grace anymore. And now it's expected of me. And now it's like the stress space of now that I have experience is different. So the opportunity as a 23 year old, the opportunity isn't the job that you're gaining. It's the experience that you're gaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the real opportunity that I think I underestimated and underappreciated 11 years ago. Okay. So I'm a 23 year old. I am feeling like I have a low quality of life right now. I feel stuck. I am dreading my week. I have what's called the Sunday scaries. Yes. And that's what happens when it's Sunday night and you are freaking out because the weekend's over and you have Mm. to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if Are you saying that, uh, okay, it's okay, but in order to move to thriving, in order to move to enjoying things, it's not necessarily a position, but you can't do that until you get experience. So are you stuck? Fair question. I would say what makes you unstuck, since that's the whole point is we want to help you un- be unstuck, is I think it does actually start with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because I look back and go, hmm, did I hold myself back by not being grateful for the Maybe you call it the entry level. My world is an entry level world. And so I was in an entry level position, but I really knew that my talents equated to a lot more. And I, and since you've known me for years, you saw my entire professional life, I've made so many opportunities, but I forced the envelope. I, yeah. I opened doors. I actually probably created the framing and the door and the doorknob, and I forced it for myself, which on one hand, you know, Way to go, Jeremy, I guess. But I also pushed through and missed learning opportunities and experiential opportunities that I think could have even maybe better today beyond my talents and maybe even refine my talents because instead of valuing the gym, I wanted to go on the baseball field. Rather than valuing the practice, I want to be on the baseball field. I wanted to be playing the game constantly. But I think there's a, there is true, it's, you're not stuck but what makes us stuck is that we don't value or, or we're not gra- It's an attitude of gratefulness, I think. That's at least a, an element of being a 23-year-old and being grateful. In 10 years, you're going to look back like I am, and I'm not that old of a guy, but you look, <laughs> well, I, I want to tell myself, I'm old, I'm ancient. But you can look back in 10 years and go, man, every turn was beautiful. It sucked at the time, though. It was mm-hmm. painful. I, rem- I, I still have... Reality check, guys. You still have your Sunday crappies or every, what was it? Sunday you? scaries. Scaries. I like that better. Sunday scaries. <laughs> Sunday crappies. <laughs> you have that all the time. That just doesn't naturally go away because life just hits you. And quite frankly, I think you have that because the emergency of the next week always ha- enters and two days isn't that much of a rest. But yeah. I just really need to add it to though, some of I feel it. like it's a perspective look forward thing. to what you're working on Absolutely. in the week. I mean, we all prefer probably the weekend no matter yep. what but you can still look forward to the, the weekend at least alleviate some of those sunday scaries it's interesting you brought it up so you said a question the question you asked i thought was really interesting because you asked so am i stuck well first and not trying to be like insensitive here you're 23 if we do the normal american <laughs> dream that you retire at 65 you have 42 years you're not stuck the idea of stuck, what does that mean? Well, I think that's actually, mm. I think that's a cultural lie yeah. that young people have. Literally, you have, the, the years of opportunities 
Well, you've been at one year of opportunity if you graduated college at 22. If we're using college dates, maybe you didn't go to college, you're in your career world, great, whatever. So you've had one to five years of career opportunity compared to another 42 to go if you retire at 65. Right. What? It's not about opportunity because opportunities are still coming. Opportunities are future oriented, not just today focused. And so I think there's also a little bit of a lie that might be wrapped into how we see today versus it's impact for tomorrow because mm. today is an emotional thing. So I, w- I guess the lie is this, there's a, a belief in a potential reality and what feels real today. Mm-hmm. An opportunity is a potential reality, not an actual like grasp on something I can hold on to today. It's an opportunity is something that says there is a potential here. I want to see if I can leverage everything I have to make that a reality. But sometimes we want the future reality to be existent today. And that's just, we're never going to experience that. Mm. And so then you feel stuck, but that's not an opportunity. That's just wishing that you but got what you need to do. And I think what gratitude does for this is you need to be aware of the tool set that you have, yeah. the value that you can add, even as a 23 year old and to be able to say, these are the things that I'm grateful that I already have and I'm going to continue to develop them and move into. Otherwise then you will really be stuck. And then by the time you're 33, you might be in the exact same spot you were at, yeah. at 23. You easily you can be. If you, you know, didn't actually look at what your options are and mm-hmm. and know your tool set, know your, your skills or other things like that. This all this kind of reminds me, so like how this idea of learning opportunity kind of came about. I had a client, I've probably told this story and will always just repeat it on the, on the podcast. But I had a client, he had been probably in the same job in a nonprofit for about 10 years, no pay raise, Mm -hmm. all this other kind of stuff. He enjoyed his job, good stuff, but he was ready and looking for another opportunity. His statement to me was, I just kind of fell into this. Yeah. And I want to reframe that to him. And I did. And I said, no, you didn't just fall into that. You did repeatable actions that we can look back on those same actions. How did you get that opportunity? Well, just do those again but with a different goal in mind. Right. So for that 23-year-old, you haven't necessarily had the experience yet over 10 years of the career to be able to look back on repeatable actions. Mm-hmm. Or, but just just because it was a career thing doesn't mean that you can't start doing that now. Right. You need to start reflecting, analyzing, just reflecting on the things that you are doing or have done even in college that led to an opportunity in your life. Well, how did that happen? And then start applying that with whatever goal it is that you're going to be working towards next. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was something you kind of referenced there is that opportunity, there's, there's opportunity costs. And I think Mm -hmm. some of us, rather than having, which I know both of us are obsessed with, which is probably why we're such good friends is that we're obsessed (laughs) with abundant and growth mindsets. Yeah, Yeah. So there's the opposite of that is a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And so something that, my wife and I've had to overcome and learning because we're opposites in this is that she can easily go to the worst case scenario within like three seconds where Jeremy goes to the exact opposite. It was like, okay, that's one scenario. I think the exact opposite, which is the best case scenario. Both of us aren't really living in reality. When you live in a scarcity mindset, which sounds like stuck. So the idea of Jeremy being stuck never ever was in my framework, my entire life. I've been stuck. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, I'm going to build a door then. I'm probably rare. I build my own doors. Right. 
let's say you don't know how to build your own door, which is what he sounds like. He's coming to you asking you, can you at least help me see a door? Is there a door in my future? What do I have to do to open a door? There's someone, a, a great pastor, Craig Rochelle, talks about in one of his leadership podcasts where he talks about how discipline is just a repeated set of actions that leads to a different outcome. And if you have a specific outcome in mind, then you need to start figuring out what disciplines you need to create. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you feel stuck at 23, what disciplines should you start focusing on? See, what happens, I think, with opportunity, using myself, for example, I saw I want to be a senior pastor of a church of 1,000. Let's use that as an example. At the time, I was at a church as a youth pastor at a church of 200. What did Jeremy need to start doing to be at a place of a church of 1,000 as a senior pastor? Well, one, at 23, I was nowhere close. There were so many things I had no idea I didn't know. And yeah. I'm grateful nobody ever gave that to me. It didn't matter how charismatic I was or how good a leadership I was, how future-focused I was, how strategic I was. None of those strength finders, like although I was ideal in some ways, made no, no difference at that point. So rather than me focusing on becoming a church of a thousand, I had a wonderful mentor named Larry who said, okay, what are some of the repeatable things that you can start working on? And so one of the repeatable things he actually gave me to open up a million doors, which just says, I want you to start getting lunch or breakfast with one person who's 10 years to 15 years ahead of you every single month. Mm -hmm. So a repeatable action that I made at 23, actually I was 25 at that time, was I started meeting with people. Now, I'm that person who I look in the room, I walk into a room with a group of full of people. The number one thing I'm analyzing is who is the most significant, impactful, influential person in the room. I become buddies with them. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. That's my networking background. That's just how I, that is organic to Jeremy's functioning. But as a result of that, and going to use our background in church world, every bishop in the denomination knew me by name within a year. Mm -hmm. I got them all to go out to dinner or lunch with me. They got to know my wife's name. Nobody did that for me. I saw, the opportunity that Larry taught me was not the job, but was the repeatable action was actually the opportunity that I had yeah. in that moment in my life. Yeah. And so I didn't start thinking about what my next job was going to be or what church I could be at or whatever. It was a repeatable action. And now the bishops were one example. Larry was a wonderful example. And I could mm -hmm. list you a long list of names. And my repeatable action was an abundant mindset that people should want to meet with me and I should meet with them once a month. And that repeated action led into a whole bunch of opportunities because people knew my name. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I had no reason. This was non-social media driven in every single way. I didn't use Instagram or TikTok or some other platform to get people to know me. It was just people that were actually in my sphere of influence. Because of course, Larry gave me a name and, you know, but it was the repeated action for Jeremy was, or the opportunity rather, was the repeated action. That mm -hmm. was the opportunity. I know if those are you hearing go, well, that's easy for you to say you, you did it well. Maybe. But that's also the, what I was about to say here is that that's the villain, right? In Correct. the story. It's, mm -hmm. it's that, that self-doubt. This, yes. do I have what it takes? Can this, I it's really a scarcity mindset. do that? But at the same time, what's hard about that is that we all have this philosophical belief that, you know, we should all have an enjoyable life right <laughs> we should everyone should be afforded opportunities right well then that's a good question what's the opportunity you're actually talking about here right so like you know there's a there's the opportunity almost not to get too political buzzwords here but there's a space of entitlement i, I just yeah this is it yeah okay well you know half of what i have i worked for half of what, what i got was luck so there's yeah. competing with luck you know we've talked about it earlier with the no off, off the pod, we talked about it, about a book. You should go read it. It's phenomenal. But anyways, there's this part of me that was, I worked and got what I got, and then half of it was also 
there is luck because I didn't know these certain people and it got lucky yeah. that Larry came to church one morning and he happened to be a CEO of a large broadcasting company and he had a million resources. It was, that is luck. It, that was just a person who crossed my path and I happened to talk to him. On the other hand, I made repeatable actions that led to Larry. And yes. before I got to Larry, I actually knew how to talk to somebody who was not just an insanely wealthy person. So there, that's one side, but really just knew how to be successful and knew how to manage a whole bunch of things at one time. But I had like 20 to 30 conversations with somebody similar to him before I ever got him in my life. So that's why I say it's not from a scarcity standpoint. What are the things like, what are the, I'm, I think I'm kind of thinking of SWAT. I don't know if you may know SWAT, but strength versus weaknesses, mm. opportunities versus threats. I lived a zone of my life where I talked about strengths and weaknesses all the time. But in order to talk about opportunities, you actually have to talk about the threats that are correlated to them. Mm-hmm. And there are a few, yeah. there's, there's a portion of us listeners who understand and can list quickly the threats. And then there's a group of us listeners who can understand the opportunities, but are really just not self-aware enough to understand our threats. Jeremy landed on the opportunity land for a long time, but it wasn't wise enough without getting good people around him to be self-aware to know what threats are. There are some of us who feel stuck in life because we just whether you call it scarcity mindset, mindset, or you call it threats in your life, you see all those, but you don't see the opportunities. That, By the way, if you have a threat, there's probably an opposite that's called an opportunity. Mm. If you have an opportunity, there's probably a threat that you need to be wise enough because that's actually something that's going to limit you long-term if you're not being self-aware or whatever. So that's just like, as I think about being 23 to 35, since I'm 35 in a few weeks, the difference between the two Jeremy's is I loved what you said there, guys, that's a golden nugget. It's the repeatable actions. It's not that Jeremy got a master's degree. It master's degree would just gave me Jeremy knowledge, but it wasn't what got people to see me. Nobody even asked me if I have a master's degree. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's actually so ever asked getting me. getting a doctorate now, because I'm, man. Come because on. I love to study and I love knowledge. That's a <laughs> that's Jeremy's obsession. <laughs> Jeremy loves knowledge and loves mentally being challenged. But, Unrelated to my nerdiness, there is, there is a, there, I, I think it really comes down to there's a lie within our core understanding of who we are and how other people like us got what they got. Mm. And that, that lie, whatever that lie is, might be, might be for some of us the sticking point. And if we can identify the lie and then create so, yeah. so remedies around that lie or maybe, so maybe to define a lie, a lie is when, something that we believe that did not become reality. It's not based in reality. That's a lie. Yep. You can, I'm not talking about like I lied to you that I dropped my fork and ate it, used my fork too. So for it's the client, like the deception there in his mind, the mm-hmm. lie he was telling himself was that there's nothing he could do. He just fell into where he is. Right. Which is interesting because he actually devalued what he did to get there. He didn't fall into it. It was an opportunity he built. Oh, yeah. and it, Yeah. It, he it, came from a long way yes. in order to get there. Even the most nepotist examples you can think of where somebody got it because it was inherited, there is still some level of responsibility that they had to have gone into before they could actually manage to keep it. Yeah. So even from a high, like, you know, a business gets inherited to their child from the parent to the child, there's still a lot of things that child had to do to, to actually earn the ability to hold on to that inheritance, whether it be a a job position or whatever. Don't devalue. That's why I say, I think it's an opportunity mindset that actually looks more like abundance. It's what are you doing? It's repeatable. That gets you there. 
I think that's an important piece to ask. But I really do think that there's a deception or a lie yeah. that we have bought into. There's some something that we thought would be reality that's not reality, and we don't like that gap. And trying to figure out why yeah, that gap that's exists. That's uncomfortable. And yeah. that's what I, I remember it being like when in my early twenties, just like, okay, I, everyone's told me that I'm a leader, that I'm going mm-hmm. to do these big things, and then you graduate from college and nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's putting right? you in those sort yeah. of positions mm-hmm. that they promise you or that they say that that's you and that's who yeah, you're that's, becoming. And yeah, it's just a gap between like, okay my reality right now with this imagined reality that I was told before. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I was called pastor. I was in eighth grade. Still struggle to say the lady's name because it was so intimidating. It was too much at the time. But my imagination of what that meant was the pastor of a thousand person church who was super successful. <laughs> and there's some of that was because they told me I was capable of it. Like you can handle a lot of stress, Jeremy. You can yeah. handle emotional things. You're made for it. Was what I, I was preached that when I was a teenager. Yes, there may have been truth to that because I'm not a senior pastor of a, a large church, but I help lead a lot of staff of a large church. And so, in some ways, I'm actually doing what they said I was capable of. Yeah. But what I didn't realize coming out of college at 23 was that they were talking about the 50 year old version of Jeremy. They were talking about the potential of Jeremy. They weren't talking about the current reality of Jeremy. Yeah. And if there's anything, when you're listening to that and someone's speaking life into you, believe the long-term potential of that statement, not the current reality of that statement. Mm -hmm. As in to say, you have a lot of talent there, buddy. But it's like saying, I'll use another baseball reference. Sorry for those who don't understand baseball. Bryce Harper was the number one name everywhere at the age of 16. But he was a 16-year-old guy. Now try to put him against Barry Bonds at the time, who was massive and ignore the steroid connection to that. But you're never a 60-year-old is not going to compete to the strength of a 30-year-old. It's just not going to happen. Even if you have sheer athleticism, it's not going to happen. But Bryce Harper today is winning MVPs. And he's 28 years old. Yeah. But he's the same dude, has all the same athleticism. But there is a maturity that goes through it. And that's the the repeatable thing. I'm going to continue to be great at my craft, my talent while also gaining the other necessities that just come along with life. And I can say, I, I agree. And I live the reality that I did not see that through it. Yeah. I didn't see that through my opportunities. Here's another thing that I think that you, you mentioned about being uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable with it. I'll also tell you this. I think comfort is the greatest barrier to progress. For sure. And if, if, if we're trying to manage our comfort within our potential opportunities, you're managing the wrong thing. Because in all opportunity, there is opportunity risk. And you just, not to try to be not empathetic, but we all, anybody who knows me, empathy is not my greatest gift. <laughs> just get over yourself, public cup, buckle it up. I, sometimes I think why we, we get 23 to even 33 and we feel like, man, where am I at? You might want to sit there and go, what have you been managing? If you've been managing your comfort and you're like, you're managing the risk there's wisdom to that to a certain extent, but you have to take a risk to the point where you wonder if you fail. Mm. But if you're under a good leader or a good mentor, they want you to fail because they're yeah. going to be with you when you do. And they're, they're not, they're actually on the ground when you're laying down, they're not trying to pick you up. They're laying with you. That's, that's what I experienced. But I put mentors around me who taught me that that was true. Don't manage the comfort of the potential progress, manage the long-term benefit of the potential opportunity and then you're going to see progress which is why you do disciplines exercise why do we not exercise 
Because the daily pain of it. Yeah, I don't want to. We just don't want to do it right then. It's a comfort <laughs> issue. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to have to go change clothes. I'm being very vulnerable on this podcast right now. I get that side because I'm living it. But in your career world or in the opportunities of life, we don't. opportunities aren't realized through managing comfort. They're actually through taking risks but being wise in our risk-taking. Mm. Yeah. I'm just going to rewind here a little bit yeah. to this whole repeatable actions thing. You were saying was how you went about it, right? Mm -hmm. You you talked to people, you got out. I networked. You're a wooer. Yes, right? I'm a wooer for yes. sure. Listener, you're probably not a Jeremy level wooer. I'm yeah. not a Jeremy level wooer. <laughs> but you're a wooer for sure. <laughs> I am, I'm for sure. Like between the two of us, like listener, you don't have to do it the same way. Your repeatable actions can be different yep. than ours. But my repeatable actions matched my strengths. Right. So that's the, there's a golden nugget here. That, again, to go use the strength. If you've never heard of SWOT, it's S-W-O-T. Go look it up on Google. It's a wonderful thing. I, I started doing it every single year. Larry, or my mentor, Larry had me come and it was a brutal lunch almost every time at Bob Evans for one, because I was at Bob Evans and two, because I was doing SWAT. And it was brutal because I love the strength and weaknesses side, but I didn't understand the opportunity and the mm. threat side. Well, your strengths equate to your opportunities. And so, you know, there's a whole strength finders theory is that you shouldn't always focus on your weaknesses, but you should focus on your strengths. So what repeatable things can you do with your strengths? I am a wooer. I know how to build relationships with people quickly. And so that should have been my area of, of obvious repeatable action is that that's a strength. But I shouldn't have been landing in a space of empathy all the time with people. Yeah. Some of us can build opportunities through emp being empathetic. I just don't have that in me. I would have fallen flat mm -hmm. and I would have been running uphill all the time. Instead of running uphill, I got on an escalator at a, an airport that was already moving for me because the strength... I was living within my strengths. As well. And I think that is an important piece. Yeah. That the repeatable actions should match your strengths. So do you need to know your strengths? I'm not saying you need to go pay for the strength finders test, but you need to figure out what your strengths are. We both right. know we're woo. So we're going to lean into that. But if you're not a wooer, don't try to repeat Jeremy's repeatable actions. You need to find them for yourself. And I think that those self-awareness pieces are helpful. And that's what we talk about, like opportunities, options, plus values. Like values yes. is your your strengths. The th mm -hmm. It comes from your strengths. It comes from the things that you care about and the goals. And usually that's correlated yep. with your strengths. And then yep. the options are the tool sets, the things that you have, your resources that are around you. When those two things meet, that's when you're going to be able to find opportunity. So yeah. when you're able to take those repeatable actions that comes from your options mm -hmm. and you're able to add that to the things that you value, and put those towards a goal, then you're finding yourself actually creating your future instead of just standing by right. or feeling stuck or waiting. And you're able to gain opportunity. You learned how to do that. So, yeah, I, I have one, one more thought on this. Jenny Allen wrote a book called Getting Out of Your Head. It's a phenomenal book. She has a great podcast about it. It's the, the deception or the lie. It's, it's, it's the voice in your head. And so one of the things that a current coworker said to me literally yesterday, oh, Jamie, those are some really good thoughts. Let's get them out of your head though. And let's get them on paper. So that was an opportunity for me. I think if you're speaking from a space of feeling stuck and you don't know how to get out of it, then let's get that emotion and that feeling and even the logic that comes alongside it, that reality that you feel, let's get it out on paper. Let's get yeah. it in a conversation. Don't keep it in your head. So I actually, one of the things I loved about the guy who came and talked to you, your client, 
was he actually got out of his own head. For sure. What opened up the doors for him was he got out of his own head. That was a huge step. So getting out of your own head, I think, is a super important next step piece for somebody in the room who, or not in the room, because we're in the room, but on the podcast, like, get out of your own head. Figure out how to do that. And Gwen's in the room, too. Gwen is in the room. <laughs> so we say hi to Gwen. <laughs> she's, she's making food. Let's go. <laughs> she's filling up her water bottle. Oh, she's filling up her water bottle. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Food. We're doing this in our in the kitchen because Jeremy's my next door neighbor. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Jeremy, I mean, that basically covers just about everything that I thought we might talk about. I'm sure we could go on and on and on. By the way, guys, we do this to. conversation for two and a half hours often yeah so you guys got the like shortened version <laughs> like lucky I'm, you i'm sure that we could go on and i'm sure that we could probably just have you come on because you helped me kind of talk things out like what you were talking about getting things out of your head like our coffee conversations mm-hmm. do that exactly um, for one another so we literally bring notebooks and like i brought mine just in case we started talking <laughs> about something unrelated to this I'm like i want to take notes or as another thing getting out of your head i i used to love sticky notes this is a side tidbit for this freedom this is a free thing Oh, well, I'm not getting paid, so it's all free. The sticky notes, used, I used to love them. And now I hate them because I have a whole bunch of them, but they're not organized. One of the best ways to get out of your own head is to start just creating a notes journal. I hate to journal, but I do journal all the time. Technically on my phone is a wonderful thing called a, a notes app. Just start getting out of your head. Start taking a journal of why you feel the way you do. And you can start seeing some patterns that might explain why you feel stuck in some area and things might come to the surface. There you go. That's free. It's free. It's free. Right there. A little free tidbit at the end. Well, Jeremy, any way that listeners could connect with you or anything that you would like to add here? I mean, you know, I don't have like a big old fancy book out there, although you've been encouraging me to continue to not I, you know, give up on eventually. my writing. Eventually, one of these days, I do love to write. But yeah, you, you guys can follow me. At, it's Pastor Leffler, L-E-F-L-E-R. That's on all social media. So whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, if you go on my TikTok, I have videos there but i don't engage really on tiktok so you know but yeah you can follow me there at pastorleffler at gmail.com or you can go over to leadershippourover.com where my podcast and some consulting stuff is so i'd love to engage in those who want to help get unstuck help daniel out but he's the man there you go you're the man well listeners you're the man and woman out there that's right we want to include you you ladies of course Thanks for listening, and if you could, just continue to like, subscribe, all, you know, all those YouTube Give that five-star review, Give guys. Give that five-star five review. Five-star review. It would really help us out, Yeah, guys. you got at least one because I gave it. Oh, yeah. Nobody's <laughs> actually written one, so if you want to write a five-star oh. review... Yeah, I'm good at giving the five star. I don't write. Yeah, yeah that just takes. This a isn't bit Yelp. Of time. I don't get like benefits. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please write one. I'm sorry. So you're saying I should give some benefits out? Uh, That's what I'm thinking. Like, we'll come guys, up with a do, can we get a free T-shirt or something? Like maybe get, get invited to go to the Jimmy Fallon show with you next time. Oh yeah, that's just a story for another time, listener. I was on TV for a split second on the Jimmy Fallon show. So it happened and John Krasinski was the guest. It was the best time of my life. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so. I just think we just need a shirt. That's what I think. I'll give you a review for a shirt. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll work on that, Jeremy. All right, listeners. Thanks again. And uh, we're once again here to help you get unstuck and create your future. <laughs>